But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, Ole, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! It is Lima time time. What episode is this? Uh, 68.5, the sex number. It is 68.5. The sex number. The actual it, sex number. <laughs> it's not going to be episode sixty nine until Alex Bregman is on the show. I'm, I'm, I'd like to see how long we can delay doing episode sixty nine. It just seems like it should be important, even though it's not in the greater scheme of things. Numbers but, are uh, infinite, so as long as it takes. Yeah. So yeah, it's sixty eight point five. Uh, next week will be sixty eight point five repeating, and then we'll just <laughs> keep uh, just then going up incrementally. Sixty eight until 6. we get to do the the non sex number sixty nine. Right. The the uh, in, engaged in a happy, productive uh, Christian marriage number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How you been? Nah, you know, I'm still a world champion. It's true. They're still defending. It's gonna, you know, I mean, I fully expect the Astros to win the World Series next year. Uh, but but it, the Astros are <laughs> the Astros are defending World Series champions until at least October thirtieth. Yeah, at least. So even in September, could, yeah. defending World Series. I, could, I guess it could be earlier than that, but yeah, no, we are. Uh, yeah, we get to talk shit all year, all year long. No matter what, no matter how bad they are, even though they are going to win it again, but <laughs> we get to, we do get to just troll the entire world for. Uh, I think it'll get worse once the season starts. We've been pretty, we've been pretty, pretty mellow. I, yeah, I think so. I mean, some people are like literally just tweet like trash talk every day. And like I y'all remember that. when we won the World Series, like yeah, <laughs> like there was some poll, like the, the poll that uh, Lance McCullers did the uh, his little funny tweet on, like oh, I'm the most clutch hitter or whatever. Some guy put uh, Kyle Seager as his option, and then the last out of the World Series, this is a clip. <laughs> That's hilarious. As the most clutch hitter, I was like, okay, guys, we're out there, and we're out there in full force. <laughs> there were people like talking trash for Altuve that weren't Astros fans, or like if you didn't put Altuve down here, you don't watch baseball. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> right. Like I guess, I guess winning a World Series just changes literally the perception as well as your actual dynamic. But it's crazy. I mean, like how we have a, we have a real respect. I've been I've definitely been been less depressed and fearful about the world since November first. Yeah, I mean it doesn't matter. I mean it can end. Like I said, if the world blew up, like long as if I got that ring, like I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not. I'm still just as fearful, but I'm just I'm I'm like ready to die. Oh, so okay, so it's gone like <clears throat> it's it's almost like we're we, we've gotten to the acceptance level, even though it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not a stage of grief; it's a stage of of elation. Yeah, no, yeah, we're just we're at one with our chakra, or whatever. Yeah, with our we're with our witch aura. Yes. So we are all at peace. So now, yeah, any whatever happens, we're good because we have uh, Got that reached ring. the pinnacle, the, Got that the nirvana. Uh, do you want to say something about Bravado Spice? Yeah, Bravado Spice. They're uh, they're a hot sauce company that we like, and uh, they pretend to like us. I don't know if they really do. No, they, they throw us a retweet at thousands midnight. of dollars. Yeah, thousands of dollars. So there's there is the uh, the ongoing legal battle. Mm-hmm. But that being said, we have to again we have to reiterate that they have a good product, and we almost wish that they didn't because 
then they would make the legal battle much easier. But we, we both like their hot sauce. They're uh, currently up in uh, southern Oklahoma at uh, Zest Fest, <laughs> which I think it's in Fort Worth. Actually, I like Fort Worth. I'm not gonna like it, the border loops around Fort Worth a little bit. Yeah, it does. It's like a so it it barely makes it makes Texas. Yeah, it's like probably the most Texas place there is. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, they're they're at Zest Fest. They're winning all these awards. Uh, I guess I'll read off a few just because we owe it to them. We really don't owe it to them, but no, I've retained Rusty Harden deal. I've retained Rusty Harden and Scott Boris to represent us in our fight. Ooh, that's that's pretty good. That should that should get us paid. Yeah, that should absolutely get us paid because you know what? It's it's owed, and that's we should probably shouldn't talk about that on the spot as usual. But it, we do <laughs> want to get our bags of money. Like I, yeah. I am kind of sick of just doing these spots out of just sheer goodwill. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. They're up at Zestfest, and I think it is Fort Worth, but yeah, it is. Well, ooh, it's DFW, so if that could be Dallas. Ooh. Ooh, it is in Dallas. It's at the, ooh, the Irving. It's in Irving, so that's that's Dallas. Okay, that counts. Definitely Dallas. Yeah, that's not good, but... So they went to enemy territory. Hey, but they won. They, so they, they went in there and they yeah, took all their awards. Yeah, they won. See, they won... Um, they won third place for the best pepper blend, and that was for the crimson. They played. They got third place for the seasoned salt for the jalapeno and garlic. They got second place pepper blend and hot for the crimson special reserve, and then they won first place medium hot sauce for serrano and basil. Told y'all serrano and basil is the, the heavy hitter. Hot sauces need to retire after they dropped serrano, uh, serrano and basil. It's that good. Yeah, I know. I hate it. We talk about it every week, but it's my favorite thing I've ever tasted. I'm out. Ooh, they I'm also won. They just they just won third. I know. Yeah, Bravado, you're not listening because y'all are terrible partners. Yes. But send us both a bunch of uh, rations. Just like a bucket. Just a, like a yeah, sand like, bucket. Us, like a, if you have a vat, if you have a vat of serrano and basil, like I would really appreciate it because I, like I said, I put on everything but waffles, <laughs> and it's really good. And no, they just pineapple and habanero just took home third place for the People's Choice, which that's a that's probably like the one you want to place in. Yeah. Even though I don't see how serrano and basil didn't win everything. Exactly. But it did win, so it, it's won, it won first place. Serrano and basil is the black album of hot sauces. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just good. It, it is. It really is. So yeah, so Bravado Spice, we do we do like them. So I would like you to go to bravadospice.com. Uh, you can order pretty much anything that they have in their uh, in their selection. Uh, but, but really, you probably can go to your grocery store or your local superstore, whatever the hell that is. I don't know. Yeah, they're in a lot of Targets, and but they're in, they're in most grocery stores now, and it's. Like I said, they're getting really big, and pretty soon they're going to drop us and sue us for the money they never paid us, and then we'll be put <laughs> under. <laughs> so, like, just eat it while we're all on good terms. So that's Bravado Spice. Uh, you can also follow them at, at Bravado Spice uh, on Twitter, and uh, they're a very loving account and supportive. Yeah. And uh, other than that, yeah, try it. Bravado Spice. Spice of your life. That's Still, the your <clears throat> your jingle for them has now like it, I I I thought it was funny. It, it I, I laughed every time you did it, but now like I every time I reach for 
whatever bottle of bravado spices up in my but <laughs> I, I sing the song and I, I sort of hate that I mean it's it's now I know I, I did I wrote an unintentional earworm but, <laughs> which did. is literally what you want to do uh, when you're writing jingles like, like that's the, the home jingle. run that's the holy grail so write one that's synonymous with a product it's the best where jing- you can't look at you can't look at it and without going bravado spice <laughs> the spice of your life it's the best jingle since I- by Menon. Or Masi Nissan, Masi Nissan. You know Masi Nissan. Oh, Masi Nissan my favorite one. Oh, that's good. But yeah, so yeah, that, that'd be ideal if they got when they're actually doing large television spots where they were forced to to use that jingle at some point. I'm just like, yeah, you're gonna have to pay me for this one. Yeah, because I single handedly has have started a uh, a gorilla. <laughs> people even they tweet <laughs> we'll get the stupid show in a second who cares we got nothing to talk about yeah uh people even tweet and they just write bravado spice spice your life and they just put like the the music notes <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 really they're gonna be very upset because i know they did not like the jingle so <laughs> what makes it better so, which makes it that much better like if it oh, the everybody their customers and fans love it and they're forced to to succumb to our demands and pay us. All right, well, all right. Anyway, Bravado Spice, they sponsor the show, and they're they are friends, although they were indebted friends. That's it. Yeah. All right. Um. So, <clears throat> not not a whole lot has happened. No, nothing. Literally nothing. I mean, you know, the Garrett Cole that was that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, we 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 talked about that last episode. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> well, uh, one of the thing that I that I found interesting was that. A few days after we recorded that show, sixty-eight point three repeating, mm-hmm. uh, was there was like a, a it, it didn't get a whole lot of attention, but like Altuve, uh, McCullers, Springer, I think I know Altuve's there for sure. Verlander, like they're all they were they've been in Florida for at least a week and a half. Not everybody, but uh, but the, but like the core. But they're like they. Like pitch, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report like February fourteenth, which I I think is is Heart Day or something like that. Um, like it's it's still it's still two weeks away, and they've been there for a week and a half. Like they they reported like a week and a half. Or, like I still I think like I sort of envision them walking in and they're and like workers are still painting or like digging ditches or whatever because they rushed that spring training facility so so much that they're still not done with it. Uh, well, and it's, it's it's so cush there now. Like it's brand new. Like why wouldn't you go down there if you're if you're young and you got nothing going on? You're ready for the season. You're I mean, you're, and you also want to win. So that that's telling about this team. <coughs> why not? Yeah, I just think it's I think it's. Pretty- but I mean, but 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 Verlander's there. I'll too, I mean, we're talking like veterans, people that I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Well, I actually, don't know because I haven't been following Verlander like that. But when do you think he showed up? A month early, three weeks early, but well, I mean, two weeks ahead of, you know, or two and a half weeks ahead of pitchers and catchers who get there before everybody already. Yeah, I mean, and and he's a guy that and Lance is from there, so I mean, but he lives here now, so I don't. I mean, he's from Tampa. He's from Florida. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't. That's just. I, I almost want to shoot Lance a DM and be like, Come "Hey, on. did was some you know was this orchestrated? Like, what's the deal with this? Or did, you know, think but we, that's too journalistic. I'm not going to do that. Think we could get him back on like soon. No, remember he hates us. Uh, no, I don't think he does. I think your your rant, that dude definitely saw your rant. I guarantee. I guarantee you. Oh, we're talking about Bregman, or we're talking about Lance. No, no, you're right, Bregman. 
Um, but, but I feel like Lance, but it should, but it should resonate with his kind of his whole thing. Like he should like that I was like ready to go for Bregman. Like I feel like that would resonate with him. Yeah, he's a he's a competitor. He is. No, I guarantee. That's what I I got him. I got I got mixed up. Um, Either of them. Like I don't I don't care. Lance was so good last time. Just to have him on as a world champion. Yeah, come back. Like I mean, that was the reason they won. And him just, doing the show. I don't know if he knows that. No, it's absolutely true. Like just have him come back on and like flex. Not like he was already willing to to trash Rangers fans before they won the World Series. Like just to have him come back on and flex nuts. Like that would be that would be incredible. <clears throat> we got we got to hit him up. Let's we'll get Lance on and we can like play that part. And then we just like it's just a flex on everybody episode. You can just fucking let loose on Rangers fans. You know what would be... Just Rangers fans. You don't have to talk shit about anybody else. You know what would be fun? And I don't know why I'm envisioning, like, there's a bunch of pool tables in a room in West Palm Beach uh, at the Astros Spring Training Facility, but I bet that's what it is. But but if, like, if... <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be awesome. If, that's Florida. There's, that all is is pool halls and yeah. palm trees. <laughs> pool pool halls. halls and palm trees. It's me, Florida com- country guy. Okay. It's, Sorry. No, no. Florida's, like, strip malls, pawn shops... Pool halls and like auto dealers. Jacked up trucks, baby, with jet skis on the back. <laughs> Jacked up jet skis. My jet skis are lifted. It's like what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's Brandon Backy. He knows about beach crime. <laughs> we. What would be awesome is if like Lance just set up like his phone or laptop or whatever it was like in the room and like just dudes walked in and out like, hey, it's George Springer. And and he came over and said a few words. Like that's the dream. That would be just the just the walk in and out Lima time time at spring training, but we're not actually there. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, no, I would sit. Here, I would sit here like all day long. They would just like set up. They would never be set up in the clubhouse because like people would be yelling like racist things. <laughs> the team's <laughs> racist, but they would just you know as a not to like defend trump but locker room talk is a real thing that's not really defending trump i'm just saying like people yeah you say some things in the locker room that uh aren't exactly the best i i don't have any any knowledge of that whatsoever yeah well, yeah of course you don't you yeah. wouldn't i was a i was a newspaper guy in high school so uh yeah but you should have access where everybody was saying all the cool badass things that aren't allowed to be said you were covering it you've been like they say some terrible things in here editorial I went to I went to Rayburn in my senior year of high school. Like I was determined. Like I was gonna. I I knew for. I was gonna expose. Like there was active clan members at Sam Rayburn High School. Like that's that was my big thing. I well, never, yeah, I can tell you that right now. I never. Yeah, of course I, it was. I never actually did anything about it, but I I was sure there there was clan. Did anybody drive an old red truck that backed into spaces? Yeah, they're in the clan. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's the first one exposed. Everybody who was in. Uh, FFA and backed in and drove big old trucks and backed into spaces. Those were your active <laughs> clan members. Like that's, that's goes without saying. <laughs> so I solved that issue. If you want to solve that little thing, if you want to go put a, you know, wrap that up. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll go back to the Sam Rayburn speaker and, uh, and post something online. They call, they call me the sleuth and I just, I crack open cases <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about in the locker room. I'm just saying, yeah, we, I, I would love it to be posted up and just have people coming in and out. But uh, I was just saying they'd probably say terrible things and they would never allow us to do that. But yeah, Guriel's like still making fun of you, Darvish. You know, yeah, that's like his thing, dude. He really is. He really hates Asians. <laughs> <laughs> he played. Like, over I thought there, it but... was just. I thought it was just. I mean, I defended him, but no, he's really like he's calling Tokyo Drift. It's like whoa. <laughs> No, somehow I'm just being racist, uh, like, enduring a bit. Like, 
so stupid. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We aren't. We like Asians. No, I love every <laughs> absolutely everybody. Yeah, we do. We do. <clears throat> okay, so yeah. do so, yes, but no. You know, I'm gonna. I might hit them up. I don't care. I don't have any. Sh- I don't really have any shame. I don't know why I act like I do. Just be like, yeah. hey, Bucko, come on the show. <laughs> He's from Tampa, it didn't feel good to get ignored for the Bozoathon. That yeah. guy hurt my pride a little bit. He just didn't respond. Well, I don't I mean, like when people don't respond. I'd rather them. I'd rather him be like, no, dude. Why would I ever do that? I would rather that than somebody just not respond. I remember. I remember the. I don't like that. I remember the. Any, with anything, with text, with anybody, just fucking tell me. Like, just if, if even if it's news that you don't like, you think I want to hear. I'd rather hear it than than be ignored. It's disrespectful. <clears throat> I I remember very few things about the actual events of the Bozoathon. Um, but I do for what for whatever reason I do remember that that was the weekend the Astros got swept in Oakland, and yeah, no, I, he, he no, there was no way he was going to go on because I mean, and we were even talking there like, hey, if you want to, you know, it was on the West Coast, so like it didn't matter what time they could come on late. He could yeah. like back at the hotel room. Yeah, I didn't expect he was playing. He was playing. I did not. Yeah, I didn't expect him to actually come on, but he could have just been like, "No, man, I'm playing, you idiot." But I guess <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to know that, being covering the team somewhat. Yeah. No. So. No. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. Okay, I'm like, oh, I'll cut him some slack then. He was like doing his job, trying to win the World Series, and they ended up winning the World Series. Yeah, all right, Lance. Successfully, except for that. Little you're all right one. with me, buddy. Except for that random four-game blip at Oakland that cost the Astros home field advantage in the. It did. Uh, it did, but. Who needs home field advantage when you win anyway? Uh, right. uh, the Yankees knock out the Indians. Yeah, Jed Lowry well. getting game-winning hits. Like I remember that was. Yeah, Giles yeah, we, blew a like, save. Like two two full two full games uh, against Oakland while on the air. That's <laughs> true. It's so yeah, true. they finished the Saturday game like it was an afternoon game, or it was close to being done at least. I think it was done. I think it was. Ugh. And I remember thinking like, oh no, like. This did we is there some sort of jinx here? Like, is there a jinx in play? Like, well, I thought people were just going to accuse us of that, whether there was or not. Yeah, but yeah. but then Goldstein came on right after the game. Was like, well, that wasn't good, but <laughs> we care. No, it's point oh oh two six percent of a seat. Like he was just like he didn't give a shit. No, no. So like, our goal is to win a World Series, and like, well, <laughs> reached your goal, sir. Yeah. Uh, so I'm drinking henny. I'm gonna, I'm going off the henny for this episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I drink Henny now. I don't know why I became an old black man, but I love it. I'm just drinking. I drink Henny now, buddy. I'm just. So I'm that's just, just an old country guy. That's not a black guy. But uh, straight Quantro. That's what I do. Yeah, this is, it's 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 pretty delicious. So yeah, I'm gone off the Henny. So just let everybody know I am in fact gone off the Henny and Henny, and that's what this sound is. It's me going off the Henny. Goodbye. <laughs> um, do we have any good questions? I saw. The, I got a new phone. I'm very excited about it because I broke mine. I cracked the screen when the Astros won the pennant. Nice. Um, Me too. I actually need to fix mine. I still don't fix mine. Well, I just got I just got a new phone like today, and I'm very excited about it. So, but because it took forever, set up forever. It took forever for like everything to update and transfer over and all that. So, so uh, what good questions are there? Are there any good questions? Uh, yeah, there was a couple. I know Craig Harmon, as usual, had one. Uh, Love Jason Craig. Cohen had one. Uh, and then there were some that annoyed me reading them, and I got mad and turned it off or clicked off. So that's pretty much how it always goes. Yeah. I'm like, let's just ask them for questions and lean on them as a crutch. And then when I read them, like, why don't we ever ask them? They suck. <laughs> and, you know, most people, no, okay, not most. Some of you suck. 
Okay, you don't suck. I'm sorry. All right, I'll, All right, I'll, uh, I'll start, I'll start off with one. Uh, this I'll start off with Craig's with one of Craig's. Um, should yeah, he had like thirty. Craig, dial it back a notch. All right, sorry. <laughs> should Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, I'm one hundred percent. Yes, not even close. Like, yeah, Barry Bonds is probably the worst, biggest asshole, and his skull grew like seventeen hat sizes. But he's also <laughs> the best hitter I've ever watched, besides Jose Altuve. And before that, right? Yeah, he was, and and, and people <laughs> make this argument all the time, but. Skinny Barry Bonds was a Hall of Fame player anyway. The way he hit, in my opinion, he was at least on that trajectory. It's not like it's not like Barry Bonds got good because of it. He just they, he just hit you know, well, twenty five more home runs a year. That's a lot. But <laughs> <He> only- <laughs> But it's also but his eye was incredible. I mean he walked so much and uh Barry Bonds during that his little reign on top was some of the most incredible baseball ever. He yeah. was unbelievable. It's the closest, I think, and, and you could even say that it was better than, but it was the closest that I, like, watching him in 2001 and 2 and 03 and 04, I guess, and 05, like, the, I, <clears throat> I remember thinking, like, this is what it was like to watch Babe Ruth, a guy that is, that is head and shoulders, enlarged head and shoulders, uh, better than anybody else that he's, that he's facing. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he and he was, and it was every at bat. Like he, there was a chance to hit a home run every at bat. There's not many players. I mean, there's there's players that you're like, okay, this guy can hit a home run every at bat. But you almost expected it, and yeah. then at the same time you didn't because when he did it, you're like, I can't believe he just hit another one out. Like, <laughs> and he would get it'd be the one pitch he'd see during a game, and it'd be like just a little bit. You know, he's throwing high away, you know, high and away, and they just keep it down just enough, and he would just. Drive it, you know, down the left field line or wherever. He's le- he's left-handed, right? Is he right-handed? I don't fucking know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's right-handed, right? No, he's left-handed. Or is he a switch hitter? I don't think he was a switch hitter. I'm trying well, I don't to really replay. know this. I don't. I feel like the- I think he was a left. Oh, crap. I think I picture him as a lefty. Hang on. He's a lefty, right? I'm very embarrassed. I don't know this. Yeah, I, mean, I do know. I'm it, really but- upset. Um, because I just like I, I try to picture him, and it's just like it's just Ken Griffey, <laughs> and I'm just oh yeah, he's no, a he was a lefty, sure. yeah, bat left, throw he, left. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, that's right. Because he, when he was here for the home run derby, I sat in the right field bleachers, and uh, and yeah, and he was hitting them uh, way over our heads, but that's correct. All right, cool. Glad we glad we deduced that. Um, I would like to point out that he. But only- Clemens too. But Clemens too was incredible. I mean, he, they're they're not my favorite cases just because I kind of how arrogant they are and like how they didn't face the music or whatever. But they're I mean they're Hall of Famers, right? I mean they're we're talking the best baseball players ever. Yeah, and that's what that's what the Hall of Fame is for. And I'd, I'd like to point out before I lose this thought, Barry Bonds only hit only hit more than fifty home runs in a season once, and that was in 01 when he hit seventy three. Every other season was was forty nine home runs or less, right? And so it's not like and, and that, that was like his one super Balco year where he was like a see his head was twice as big. <laughs> but I mean, like he just like I'm going all in for this one. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't hitting like sixty seven like the, like Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were like three yeah. or four years of like getting up there. I mean, Bonds went in his his rookie year eighty six. 16, 25, 24, 19, 33, 25, 34, 46 in 1993, 37, 33, 42, 40, 37, 34, 49, 73, and 01, 
Those 40, numbers are crazy. 46, 45, 45. And then in his last three years, he hit 5, 26, and 28. And I love that, that was popped he was, off for 26 and 28, just like, meh. Uh, that's when he's 41, like he was, he's 41 and 42 years old. All and he was doing was hit home runs when he could. Yeah, the, he, that stretch was ridiculous. So, I mean, there's only, it's not like it's a Brady-Anderson outlier year where the dude never hit more than, like, 15 home runs and then popped off for it's, 50. Like, he was, yeah. he was hitting I – mean, he led the league in home runs in 93, but, but – I mean, obviously the dude turned to steroids, but you're yeah. I mean, you can look at. I mean, it was like he's the most telling factor of that. But I, I, I think that the sentiment just just changed so much that. And I'm I consider myself a baseball purist, but I couldn't care less about the steroids. I just don't. Baseball is so hard to play that I, I I feel like so many people were doing it that maybe it wasn't fair for all because there were straight lace players, but I, I think that it's just part of the game and I don't think it's as big a stain as it's been made out to be. No, I think you're right. And I think that it's the reason that it's been cast as a stain is because it's the writers that hold the key to, to the hall of fame. And now they feel stupid or they feel guilty or complicit or whatever. And now they, now they want to show some backbone or some morality Rather than at the time being like, how is this dude hitting seventy three home runs? Yeah, we all knew. Like, I, it wasn't. I mean, I remember the jokes. I mean, yeah, there'd, there'd be the occasional Sammy Sosa corked bat joke. But yeah. like, I mean, come on, we all knew. But uh, and I, I keep making this case that that f- like it or not, it, what happened from what? What do we consider the steroid era? Ninety five. Oh, anything from I, I mean, probably earlier than that. Probably early. Well, 95 safe, but like I'd say, you know, even like the Bass Brothers with Canseco and McGuire, that was That's getting 80, around there. 88, 89? L- late, yeah, late 80s, early 90s, all the way up through, you know, early to mid 2000s. Yeah. And, and I've, I've made the, multiple times, I've, I've said this, that, that we're not electing new books to the Bible. You know, that we're not, we're not making saints. Like you're, you're choosing like who is the best player of their era. And, and you look at dudes from the, like, and I did this thing and I can't remember, I can't remember when, and I can't remember the specific, but like you look at the top 25 highest single season batting averages and like 23 of them are from the 1890s, 1880. And you're like, well, of course. Yeah. That's the way the game was played then. Like you, you got base hits and, you bunch it. Well, and, and, but, and but players also, the pitchers also pitched. Yeah, like they, they, it was a different style. Like you went out and you tried to strike them out, and if they beat you, they beat you. But you weren't. It was, uh, and I wasn't there, so I mean, I can't speak crazy intelligibly on this. But I, I feel like it was just a different mentality where it wasn't. There weren't specialty guys to get. Well, I know there there wasn't the specialty guys, but there weren't people just to come in a lefty to turn you around or to pitch around you. They yeah. basically just threw their best shit at you. And if you hit it, you hit it. Yeah. And just like Tris speaker apparently did that. <laughs> I mean, point being like every, every generation, there's a different story in baseball. And, you know, you look at guys like Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig and obviously Ty Cobb race, all racists, but very that's good ball actually, players. That's actually not true. Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb wasn't a racist. Ty- so his racist ghost, that whole, my whole bit on his racist ghost isn't true. It's hilarious, but historically inaccurate, not racist. Uh, Ty Cobb, Cobb's legacy. Why, why is that out there? Because the the first guy that did a biography of him, Al Stump, was a drunk and made up sources and did not attribute 
really he didn't cite his sources he didn't and cite nobody his, nobody can verify it so like well if he was there i guess he was a racist yeah, yeah. that sucks man that, that's bullshit yeah no al stone ruined Ty well, that's good. So you, you, need, you, need, you need to come in and tell us more like stories of your well i, I mean I, pissed. like well actually that's not true i wish i usually like beforehand we can do a secret meeting and you can just <laughs> funnel me like a little thing little points to bring up like i did the tie cup thing. and you can be like well actually patrick then you can mansplain me <laughs> and, like come in and like be like well actually funny you say that and then we'll do like dee, 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 dee. <laughs> it's story time with james well, and then you come in and do this cool like actually because I, I love actually stories yeah no i mean there was like, a, well, that's, that's not true at all uh and you're like well i thought this my whole life this is not no everyone i thought this like this i mean like if i told like there there are people that i've told this to that that if i had said you know actually the moon is made of cheese like their response it's would, not it's a fucking devil rock but okay <laughs> their response is the same to the hey ty Cobb really wasn't a racist never killed a man did not spike did not intentionally spike players that's what do you all mean? i was okay with that that's just hard-nosed baseball yeah that's that's playing in in 1913 in Detroit. Like that's just what you did. Uh, yeah, you you, you yeah. do that in the grocery built, store. You built cars. Or you spiked people on the diamond. That's it. But it's all like there was a a, a, prof- a history professor, and I cannot remember where he was from. Doing him a great disservice at the moment. But he he wrote this paper going back to like Ty Cobb's letters and like did actual research rather than the guy that wrote uh, Ty Cobb's biography, and said no like. Ty Cobb was one of the champions, the like early, early champions of including players from the Negro Leagues, like getting them in Major League Baseball, and he was an early proponent of integration. Um, I mean, he had a temper, but like who doesn't? And and not yeah. not a racist temper. So everything that you know about Ty Cobb, that that's not true. Other than he was a great hitter and and belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I feel like I need to go back and like, uh, like go back and like read about Ty Cobb now. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I always respect him as a player because he's Ty Cobb. Like, you know, it's one of the first names you learn. Like, you know, yeah. you know Ty Cobb and Hannes Wagner and all these names before you even know anything about him. Well, and, and consider uh, that, that Cobb was one of the first five players inducted into the Hall of Fame. And if he'd had all these problematic, racist, violent tendencies. But everybody was racist, like, coming then. So, like, it would have just been racist letting racists in. That would have been just normal. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually I mean, a valid point. I mean, and I mean, just mean like, but I mean, like, and some of these people weren't terrible people. I mean, they're racist. They're not good. But they, I could, you can also attribute that to just being ignorant and the, the sign of the times and stuff. I'm not saying it's right because it's not. It's wrong. But you know, like even like good-hearted people from you know Middle America were racist, and they didn't know they weren't supposed to be. Right. Right. And I don't know. That's not. That's uh, not being a racist apologetic. I'm just a apologist. And uh, I pulled up this. I don't. This wasn't the paper you were talking about, but Wesley Fricks for Bleacher Report wrote a Ty Cobb is not a racist, uh, a long article. Yeah, it's, pro- it's probably uh, it's probably gone off the uh, the paper that you were talking about. I'll I'll post it. I'll I'll send it to you. This yeah, evening, I know, I'm like trying. I'm like reading it. Like I'm on the show. I'm like, hold on, I'm reading this, James. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the morning, I'm trying to, I'll find out, I'm trying to just. Look, find to corroborate what you said and make sure it's true. I'll put it so on. Wait, what, do you have any other off the top of your head? Any like common baseball misconceptions? Uh, I know that's putting you on the spot. I mean, I Abner, du- Abner Double Day uh, def- definitively did not invent baseball, and it was not invented in Cooperstown, New York. The guy that um, the guy that gave the world the Abner Double Day, Cooperstown, New York. His name was Abner. His name was also Abner. I guess there were more. Everybody's name is Abner. Yes, <laughs> wife Abner, Abner's son Abner. Capita. Uh, back back in the day, um, I think his name was Abner Graves. Badass name, Ab. 
he was sounds shady. Sounds like charlatan for sure. He was extremely like I think he I think he tried to kill his wife. Like he was in a mental institution, yeah. and when Al Spaulding in the 1890s said or, or was looking for like who invented baseball, like an origin story. Like a bunch of people said, I, it, it sort of evolved from rounders and cricket. And Al Spaulding was decided, and this is the, the height of imperialist America, was like, uh, baseball was not invented by the British. We're coming up with something else. And this dude, Abner Graves, who fought in the Civil War, um, said Abner Doubleday, probably because he fought, Abner Graves fought for the Union, and Abner Doubleday did not start baseball, but he did fire the first shot for the Union at Fort Sumter against the Confederates. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, it was a uh, it was a Cartwright. Cartwright and he, invented the one, the, he he came up with he was the one that came up with the rules that of modern baseball, right? Yes, yes. Was it Alexander Cartwright? Yep. Yep. That's true. So I, I wish I wish it was one I didn't know. Can you tell me one <laughs> I don't know? <laughs> uh, did have we talked about the it'll have to come up organically. We'll have to come up organically. We'll, we'll come up with something. Come on. Have we Let's talked? Give these about, people some some entertainment. Ha, have we talked about the the Cal Ripken conspiracy theory on this show? I feel like we have. It's my favorite conspiracy theory. My favorite baseball conspiracy theory. Run it. Let's run, run it. We'll run it back anyway. Yeah. Let's do okay. It. So my favorite baseball conspiracy theory is in the early '90s. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. was close to. He had not yet set. Lou, or had not yet broken Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak, but he was going to Camden Yards, if it was Camden Yards at that point. I can't remember what the, what the timeline is. He was going to the stadium uh, to play a game relatively close to uh, breaking uh, Lou Gehrig's streak and realized like he forgot his glove or he forgot something back at the house. And he goes back to the house and uh, to get his glove and finds his wife in bed with Kevin Costner. And and so Ripken calls the Orioles and is like, screw you guys, I'm not coming. Uh, I've got stuff to deal with here at the house. And there was an electrical malfunction where the lights, quote unquote, wouldn't turn on in Baltimore, and they they canceled the game. Whoa! <laughs> to protect uh, Ripken's consecutive game played streak. Well, I remember when that happened that that was already shady, but I didn't know any of the story behind it. I think I've heard that. I don't know if you've said that on the show before, but I've I've heard that before. But um, I don't but know. If it's I think true, every, the fun. second that that happened, everybody was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> like well, it, the, the the whole question was, why couldn't Calvert can be there? Yeah. But like, I think everybody the second it was, a game was called for a, a malfunction, I think anybody with a brain was like, "Okay, that's just too coincidental." Yeah. So really, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, yeah. He loves he loves the game of baseball. He's he, already always around it. <laughs> he's always around it. Been around, but he's been around it. That's a pretty good one. Damn, that's. So did they like fight him? Like, <laughs> what? yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't or did know he just like said, "I'm gonna sit down man to man with Kevin Costner and we're gonna talk about this with that wolf outside walking around." <laughs> uh, so yeah. yes, Bonds and Clemens are are Hall of Famers. Oh yeah, yeah. To circle back around, yeah, they are. Great question. Uh, does Forrest Whitley see the major leagues this year? Ooh. I'd like to say no, but I think he does. I could see him as a September call-up. Like, That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Or, I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, but 
But honestly, if like let's say let's say Keuchel and McCullers, who don't have the the most spotless injury history on the team, yeah, let's say they struggle or they have to go on the DL for a couple of weeks, you've got McHugh and uh, and Peacock in the bullpen that can that can just take their spot. So I think I think we if we see Whitley this year, it's in a it's in a bullpen relief role to manage his innings. But but yeah, well yeah, I think that well, yeah, that's that's the case. But like I mean, you, you even said last week that we needed eleven starting pitchers last yeah. year, and at one point the entire rotation was down. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, circumstance could dictate him up up a lot sooner. It just depends. Um, hopefully, we're in a position to where it doesn't affect us, and he's up here, and because he's mowing through minor leagues, there's no there's no question he'll be up here. Do you think it's but, weird? One of the things that I thought was weird, they, the Astros released, like, I think there's 19 minor leaguers that got an invitation to to Major League Camp for spring training, and Whitley was not one of them. Did you think, is is there, I'd like, I, that's maybe a better question for, like, Goldstein, but is that weird? Like, that uh, you're bringing I mean, up, like, we got to remember how young he is. You're, you're bringing up Drew Ferguson, and, and no offense and no slight to Drew Ferguson. He had a pretty good year as an outfielder. Like, you're not going to... Because how many times have we heard, you know, when someone gets called up in the season and A.J. Hinch gets asked about, you know, tell me about Martez. Or, you know, some right. reporter comes with a strong journalistic question. Talk about Francis Martez. And they're like, well, we, you know, we saw him in spring training and, you know, we liked his stuff and he's developed in, at, a, at a pretty good pace. And we, we Yeah, that's, we can- pr- that's pretty weird. Even, even just to be, uh, you know, for a... Everybody knows what his role is. Come up and get a few innings and uh, be around Verlander. A couple and of spot starts for the be, yeah, be around the guys, but also just a couple of split squad starts. Like I'm mm-hmm. not even get that much work. Just be one of the what are the minor league no names on the back of their jersey kind of guys. Even yeah. that, it's just it's weird. And I, maybe there's a perfectly good explanation. Well, and and, and this for, Forrest is the our number one prospect, right? Now, yeah. or, is, or is it still Kyle Tucker? Or is it Kyle Tucker? I think there's. They've been ranked so closely in sort of these preseason. I think four, I've seen Forrest as being the the number one. That's just cool. I guess maybe they have a set path, and they're very specific with it. And they're like, "This is what you're doing. You're going to pitch." I, I don't know. I, I, maybe it is kind of weird. I just think it's weird. But that at you, the same time, but how weird is it when if it's when it's just a formality? See, but I mean, I mean, so like, where, where where do you come for? Like, I, all these players are coming up there, but if, yeah, I guess they're not making the team either. Like, what are we talking about? I guess they just certain amount of players have to be up. I would think. I mean, it is. I mean, he is. He is young. I mean, he's twenty. <laughs> he's twenty. But I would. And I would be think his second season. I would think that you would. You would think that. Hang on. What? I would. I would think that. You would want. Sorry, my wife walked in. Um, you would want. I, I don't know what value Forrest. What's more valuable to Forrest Whitley's development, making some spring training starts or or having unlimited access to get to Justin Verlander and Brian McCann. Well, yeah, I think just being up around the guys, and especially, I mean, if he's a a piece that is going to be a uh, you know possibly a a signature piece in your rotation going forward I, I would want him up there gelling with the guys and it just yeah i mean j- even just from a camaraderie standpoint alone yeah but yeah yeah just being around i mean even being around lance being around just guys with big league experience um yeah obviously verlander and keichel and shit morton i mean all these guys have 
well, now they all have World Series experience, so yeah. everybody's got something to give. But yeah, I mean, just being around them, but even just being palling around and like being one of the guys and being gelled into the the team, I would be beneficial. I don't know. I, I I'd really I'd like to get an answer on that. To be honest with you, I'll I'll do some I'll, I'll do some checking because because there's there's definitely a very specific reason for it. Like there's it's it's too glaring and it's too telling that we can just look at it and be like, okay, well, there's something up with this. Like they could just be like, yeah, he's not, he's on a specific plan, and this is what we we have planned for him. Yeah, it's weird, but yeah, well, so but that that does change. Well, I think I mean if circumstance dictates with injuries and he has to be up, it is what it is. But that changes my answer a little bit. Yeah, I mean if you look at it, it's not even the the spring training. Like that's not even sniff. I mean, just, I don't know. That's a little strange. It's weird, and it could be that yeah, he's so young. He was the he was the 16, 2016 first round pick. It had yeah, to be. I mean this will be his just his second pro season ever. So I mean I don't know. It's his second full season. But if you have the goods, you have the goods. It just and he clearly at least appears to have them. So and spring training, it, it's so expansive now. I just don't see why it would hurt you to have him up there, unless uh, is he positive? Is he hurt? Is he secretly hurt? <laughs> I think that's our default. Well, I mean, he's not around, and like anytime somebody's not around, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's at some. He's at the weird, like, secret Florida camp that's nearby, but not really, and he's just rehabbing. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's where they were going to send the player where they, where Lance was going to go, uh, <laughs> get ready, and if he had to pitch in 2015, fake rehab, yeah, or 16, 2016. Um, all right. So I've chosen fake the rehab. last. I've chosen the last two questions. Now it's your turn to uh, take the wheel. Yeah, I remember I read one from Jason Cohen earlier. It's my dude, Cohen Cohen Rules. He's real good friends with our good buddy uh, Albers. Oh, nice. Grew up playing baseball together. But uh, yeah, he had a very insightful question. I was like, great question, Cohen. Oh, that was that was him. You read Jason's, you idiot. I read I read the first half. There's the second half. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, is Martez going to see the rotation again, or is he destined for the pen long term? Um, I, I, it's almost the same answer in terms of, I think he'll get some spot starts and, but I, I think he's destined for, for middle relief. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know what, it depends on the plan. I mean, I, I he still has nasty stuff. I just, I think they've seen enough of him where they kind of know who he is. I don't know. He's, he's still super young as well. What do you think? He's definitely got to work on his control, but, but I don't think there's, a year to year carry. I don't think. I think we're kind of kind of getting away from the idea that if you start, then you always start. You and die? if you're in the bullpen, you're always in the bullpen. I think that that putting a guy in the bullpen because you like his stuff, that's still a, you're still learning how to get hitters out, and you take that knowledge with you when you go back to the rotation. So I don't think that getting moved to the bullpen is the. Death. Been talking all time, great. I don't think that moving to the bullpen is the death sentence that it that it used to be. Did you hear any of that? No, I don't think it's dissonance at all oh, either. Yeah, sweet. No, I saw. Oh no, you're cutting out. Sweet. Nah, you're totally gone. Don't hear a word you're saying. I heard death sentence. Yeah, you were just gone for. Yeah, I got. I got nothing. Good show. What are we even doing? I hate life.
while I'm there. <laughs> Leave us all in the recording. I totally am. I'm, I'm back. Hey, I'm back too. Sweet. Yeah, that, that, yeah that, my, it just said my it just said my bandwidth is low. That, your bandwidth is low, and then just went away. That, that interlude was brought to you by Bravado Spies. Bravado Spies. Okay. So yeah, I heard part of it. But, so uh, the short version, the gist is, of it, is that it's not it's not a death sentence to be moved to the pen these days. Yeah, no, I mean you saw guys like John Smoltz, you know, that started, and then the circumstances dictated that they're that the team needs you in relief, and you you close a bunch of games, and you go back to the rotation. It's a, I think it's a way to remain effective while also limiting innings, and long term, that's pretty smart. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, middle relief is kind of more of a death sentence than being a specialist at the back end of the rotation. But I think I think we're getting. But I mean, you can you can kind of find their you can find their lane there. I, but I think we're kind of getting away from that when you see guys like Giles and and even Alex Cora, the new Red Sox manager, said that uh, he he'd be open to Craig Kimbrell like pitching in the seventh or eighth. So I, yeah, I, think, I don't. I mean. I think I roles are being changed. So, do you think it's going to become more of a uh, a, a matchup based thing, where it's like, oh, we got, uh, you know, I don't know, Giles dominates these guys. He's pitching, but on another night, he may come in and uh, you know pitch the eighth, and then you got, uh, I don't know, Will Harris. He's a, he's owns people. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think I, th- I think so. I think it should. Be, I think that's what should be the best matchup is who it should be. But I, I guess people are just so stuck in like, I guess closer is one role that I I wouldn't mind having one guy. You know, having a a guy. But <clears throat> it, you don't need to. Like if you have a bunch of good pitchers that can that are good for three outs, which a lot of pitchers are, or they're just they're good for one inning, and then either you know their stuffs is easy to be adjusted to, and it's or it's high velocity, and once everybody gets onto it, it's it can be hit, but. Yeah, I mean, if it whoever wins games, <laughs> I think if you, punt, if you need to kick the ball to the plate and punt it <laughs> and then strike people out, doesn't matter. Like win, it'd be awesome. I think that yeah, it would be. I mean, if, if you have you, you know that, and and we know how streaky Giles can be, but one night, yes, we do. But and and I think that the role of the closer has also there's. So much of an attachment to it because the saves have been sort of the the way that you measure a closer, and rather than did your team win the game because that's how closers get paid. I mean, you you make a lot more money if you've got fifty four saves than if you threw sixty five innings of highly effective relief in the seventh and eighth inning, and yeah. th- that's just how baseball like a not. So I think that's why relievers are resistant to being put into a situation in the seventh and eighth inning. But if your goal is to win the World Series and win your division, and let's say you're playing the Tigers back in the day, and you know you've got Victor Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, and... And Cecil Fielder and Prince back-to-back. <laughs> and, and Alan Trammell somehow. Um, you know, you want your best... <laughs> it's and always Alan Trammell, yeah. They're due up in the in the eighth, and it's it's a 4-2 game. You put your best guy in there to mow those guys down. And then you right. throw a Will Harris in the ninth to lock it down, but Will Harris gets the save, and I, I think that's where the resistance comes comes from. But you ultimately you want to win every game, and and the, so I, that, I, that, I, I I could see where like the that would be like a 
a point of contention with the players because if I'm if I'm an elite closer, I've got nasty stuff. I want those saves. That equates money. Yeah. So I, I guess it all goes back to w- w- what teams value and how they're coming to their. I, I guess what the Astros are so ahead of the game in uh, in terms of how they value things, and they're not they're not looking at it like that. And because the point is to win baseball games, but then you also have the little the mini game of having to manage contracts and uh, and value players. So, but I, I guess I mean it's I don't just from a surface level, and this is a very uh, broad way of looking at it, or even like a layman's way of looking at it. But I, you still can see the same data looking at a pitcher with taking the saves away to see how effective they are, in, even in late innings and in pressure situations. All the data is there, so you could still find the value without having to to throw a saves number on it. I don't know. No, it, it, I guess it just depends on what you value that actual stat. Because I mean, you can you can give up six runs and uh, you know get a save where you wouldn't have got one. You were just finishing the game, and you know what I mean. So like saves are they are what they are. But it's, but it's also if especially if you're an arbitration eligible player, and let's say let's say you're you're Ken Giles, you're arbitration eligible, and you have fifty seven saves, but they were all like four one. Five two, yeah. or you have like twenty six saves, but with like twenty five holds because you got the heart of the order out earlier than the ninth inning. You you know you're if you're the Astros, you want to win that game, but holds right. holds aren't as sexy as as saves because it's it's not the ninth inning, it's not the final three outs. But but maybe like how many I mean how many times have we seen someone like. You know, I don't know. The, I'm trying to think of a good example, but you know, you know, the heart of the Cardinals' order is coming up in the eighth, and you throw your eighth inning guy, who's not as good as your ninth inning guy, and the eighth inning guy lets it get away, and now it's not a save opportunity when you could have just brought in your best closer, get those eighth inning guys out, and let somebody else get the save. Like that's going, yeah. that's going to make that reliever mad because he didn't get the flashy stat. Even though you won the game, yeah, but, it's stupid. Yeah, but see, I think, but I think it's just as important. I think somebody needs to be looking at it and say, like you said earlier, it's the seventh inning. Oh, great! My internet's being bad again. Sweet. Are you still there? Yeah. No. Okay. I was saying, so it's the seventh inning, and you're playing the uh, the 2001 Cardinals and Scott Rowland and and uh, all the those pieces of shit, Jim Edmonds, and they're <laughs> they're all coming up to bat. David Eckstein. You want your good? You want your? Am I here? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I keep testing it. Great broadcast, everybody. Uh, so you want your somebody should be able to look at and say like, okay, well he came in in the seventh inning and he struck out, uh, you know, Pujols, Edmonds, and 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 Roland in a row and uh, got out of it, and that's that was the save, even though it was two innings ahead of time. <laughs> right, but but you're asking an arbitration panel to to be more objective than than maybe they're prepared for. So well I, well, I think an, I think if they're if they're mediating something as uh, like contracts and uh, in baseball, I think they should be as in depth knowledgeable as everybody else on on the baseball side and the player. I, I, I think I, I don't think that's I don't think that's out of uh, just out of line to ask them to be able to to value things in line with what everybody else is valuing it at. I, I, is that, I, I can't you know, is that, that crazy? No, no, that's that's very reasonable, and probably why it doesn't probably why it doesn't happen. 
Yeah, oh, and, and it's tough too. Like, there's so many schools of thought and approaches na- approaches now in the game where it used to be literally like you didn't like fuck with any of the like whatever the staples of baseball were. If you were, I mean, even the the game change and you had the setup guy, or you had you know you had your seventh inning guy, your setup guy, your closer. Like, there was a time where it was like clockwork. Yeah. And unless there was an innings issue or an arm trouble or something, like well, no, I mean that's that's who was coming in, and now yeah, it's just not it's not the same thing. No, and well, I think it always should have been not the same thing. But in our it is what in, it is. in our early twenties, we relied on uh, Dotel to Lidge to Wagner or Lidge to Dotel to Wagner or some com- you know, and that makes sense. And and people like a, a consistency that makes sense, but. In the greater scheme of things, does it? <laughs> yeah, just get the win. I guess. I guess you just and, and we can probably have access to so much more in depth numbers than they did then. With oh yeah, their fucking super equations and their their math stuff to where like <laughs> they can dig in so deep and they can be like, well, Dotel might not be good right here, but if you throw him in an inning and a half later, he'll be even better. I was like, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know. I got. I yeah, got we're, one. we're we're all saber we're, we're saber matricians again. Saber tooth matricians. Um, I can't I, I can't wait till this, the spring training starts and we can talk about real games and real players. And uh, thanks to anybody that listens to this during the off season. Lance McCullers, come on the show, you piece of shit. I think. I'm oh, sorry we, for calling you a piece of shit. <laughs> I think we provided value. I have time for one more question, then I got to get my daughter to bed. Is there one more? Lance, Lance got him. The ghost of okay, Lance. I'll be looking up questions. Okay, my bad. All right, I got, I got one more. Then I got to, oh, then, oh. then I got to go. Okay. Okay. Uh, what is uh, what's Nat at Nav Kumar talking about with the uh, how about Astros North, the Brewers? Uh, I think that has to yeah, do with we have all we have all of our old players. What do you think about the the Brewers deciding? All right, we'll, we can take advantage of this offseason and getting Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. And maybe making a play yeah. for you, Darvish, or Jake Arrieta. Yeah, no, they're, that becomes a deadly lineup. I like, I like that the, the Brewers' GM was, was Luno's right-hand man for, for a couple of years. And I think the, the Brewers are turning into the NL Astros. Yeah. That's your that's your take on it. I don't. I mean, they're being. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess their farm system isn't. It's it's it's. They, 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 but they never they never win as bad as we did. They just kind of they've kind of teetered along mediocrity. Yeah, they did, and and they saw you know but they've been on the cusp for how many years have they been on the cusp of <coughs> breaking through, and they just never can seem quite to do it. I don't know what the deal is. They never did it with Sabat. They they traded for Sabathia. They had Grinky for a, for a long time. Like they were always right there, and this like 2017 was was an they they led the NL Central for a long time, and then got got caught once the Cubs figured out oh it's the Brewers I guess. Um, well, it's because it's because Jonathan Villar was out there just balling out. <laughs> Domingo Santana, Josh Hader, Domingo Josh Santana Hader's, out there. Yeah. How much do the Astros wish they had Josh Hader, like a stud lefty reliever? But they traded. I like away. his cousin, uh, his brother Bill Hader, the comedian. He's a little great. bit funnier, but so great. But uh, no, they, they have it. They're in the uh, gonna have a sneaky, not even sneaky, an actual good lineup with. Uh, all right, how I know people don't like him, but how good has fucking Ryan Braun been? 
and I'm sure he cheated and all that, whatever. <laughs> uh, he Ryan did. Braun has been located killing the game for like 10 years. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Braun, my issue with Ryan Braun is when he got caught and then like shamed shamed the arbiter. Okay, he's a piece, he's a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit. Yeah, 100%, yes. But like he is, I guess he had a down year last year. Was he hurt last year? I don't know. That was his most Ryan Braun. But I'm just saying, like, every time you look up, it's like Ryan Braun is just killing the game. He has 37 He's home always runs. up around 100 RBIs, around 300. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, who cares? The Brewers can whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let anybody be uh, named Astros. Of There are only one Astros, and they are in the city of Houston. I want to cut it. Nobody there. else gets that, that name. That's good. I'll cut it out. There is only one. I'm going to say it again. You can cut it. There's only one Astros. And there. Oh crap! Joe, I, I I cut the wrong thing. I cut Skype and not and not GarageBand. Yeah, you cut. You just. I mean, it would have been cool if you did it like that. I was singing the Lowe's theme. Uh, you can just yeah, you can just cut the show. Uh, I'm gonna leave. Just, I don't remember what I was saying. Do whatever. Just cut, go back and cut it wherever I said that badass thing. But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate, and that is getting over this plate. In Casa Ole. Ole! It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Ole! Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. Ole! Get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, Ole! fresh today, Ole! every day.